Hello, 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 Fort Worth. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. Thank you so much for joining us. We are a show about local politics that aims to get more people engaged in local issues. Thank you for being engaged. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here today with Thomas Moore to discuss people who've already announced that they are running for mayor or city council. Um, however, there is still some time to file. Um, so we're going to have some more candidates. If you are interested in running for mayor or city council, you have until February 17th to file. So think about it. We need more good candidates out there. Um, we've got our opinions, but we want to give you the resources to develop your own. All of the resources that we use, as always, will be provided below in the show notes. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. You can sign up for our Substack at our website, justicereformleague.net, where we will occasionally post op-ed type articles. If you would like to submit something to the Substack or have any episode ideas or additional stories you would like us to cover, you can uh, contact us on Twitter at FWReview on Instagram at Fort Worth Freedom Review, and you can send us an email at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com. So yeah, Thomas and I had had a lot of fun on this one. It's our first time to kind of really get together and, and talk through this stuff since the break. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We kind of start off talking about uh, some recent news regarding the, uh, uh, the, the sister of Tatiana Jefferson. Um, and then we kind of transition into uh, go running down the people who've been running for candidates so far. I've already kind of started putting together a spreadsheet. So we're going to keep working on that. And as more people are announced, we will update that sheet. And um, yeah, we hope you hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you again uh, for your support and have a great week. So you liking the little interface? I got one of oh, those too. I think it's great. I didn't have like here's it's the little things for me, like the fact that I didn't have to like download extra software to get my computer to notice or get Nick's yeah. computer to notice. It was just like, oh, that's a Scarlet 2i2. I was just like, oh. ta-da. <laughs> Who knew it could be that easy? It's like, why can't everything be You're that sitting easy? there? You're sitting there waiting for like an hour of troubleshooting and it's just like oh no yeah just plug it in <laughs> there you go well hell yeah man um i don't know if you saw the flurry of articles i just like hastily threw in the episode plan like an hour ago i did i was a little impressed with how quickly you put you threw that shit <clears throat> up there i uh i found a um by the, I just want to give you a heads up. I am recording. I figured I'd just edit in and out like as we as we get into it. I don't want to pressure us to like get right down to business, you know. I just kind of it's that's our first first one back. Right. Just talking it's like we just talk. Um but I yeah, I I discovered hey, Thanks for editing out the cannibalism. <laughs> no problem. Um like Fort Worth Report had a treasure trove essentially. Like they they uh 
oh, man, I forgot what I was, I was going to use some other analogy. But yeah, they essentially anytime anybody files, they immediately post an article about it. And so they just have a log of all the all the filings, which I hadn't been hearing about. So I also hastily threw together a spreadsheet uh, and I, I sent you an invite on Google and I, I dropped the link in there in the box. If you not that we like even have to go through that today because there's still like two more weeks to file. Um, but I don't know. I just like. We should to... definitely start talking about it because it's super important. All right, I'm down. But uh, yeah, you were what did what uh, you were wanting to talk about? Tay's sister, Tatiana's sister. So, um, unfortunately, um, for those of y'all who don't know, um, in a Tatiana Tatiana Jefferson's family, um. You know, they have a history of health issues, which is prevalent in that area of Fort Worth. I don't know if they're at in the technically in the area code of Fort Worth that has like the like highest mortality rate. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, Amber Carr, uh, Zion's mom, Atiana Jefferson's sister has passed away. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think they just a quick update since we've been gone for a while. Um, y'all didn't know what I wanted for my birthday and Christmas was uh, Aaron Dean to be convicted, and we got that, but his lawyer, um, is trifling and he's trying to get a Basically, he's trying to appeal to get a, a retrial, like a, a mistrial. Basically, um, you know, he lost and said no fair, and they're going to try to give it to him. Um, I don't think they should. Unfortunately, they may have created the grounds just by the whole uh, Manuel Ma- Muta or Mata incident. Mm. You know what I'm talking about, right? I, I don't. Th- maybe? So in during the trial, um, Manuel Mata is a local activist. He's known for like surveilling the police and stuff, and like okay. they've they've arrested him for things, right? So he was out on probation. Well, they really, and I mean, they really did not want him showing up at the at the uh, trial of Aaron Dean mm. to the point where they saw somebody who they thought was him, but was really just some other me- me- uh, Hispanic dude, and. Uh, they swore him in as a, as a witness. The reason they do this is if you're a witness, you um, cannot sit in the gallery I did with the rest this. of the people. Yeah. yeah. So basically, they swear you in, and then then it forces you to leave, and they just never call you. Okay. So they swear this kid, this guy in, basically for looking like Manuel Mata, right? And him not knowing his rights, he just agrees to everything, trying to be agreeable, and he has to leave. Um. Well, later on, Manuel Mata does show up. And they try to swear him in, and he's a little more savvy, and he's like, no, I don't understand the charge and whatnot. And so the judge, in retaliation, revoked his bonds. Um, the next day, he like he was like, oh, yeah, no, we're not, we're not revoking the bond. It's back in place. He does, you know, sorry. Really what happened was I think he, he, uh, he tried some BS, and there was enough people calling sh- sanctions on him that he's like, oh, I might have missed that. I think another thing he was doing was giving 
uh, Aaron Dean, the defense team, a uh, safety safety uh, net because what he might try to do is because of those shenanigans, say because of those shenanigans, he did not receive a fair trial. Mm-hmm. The other thing they're trying to say is that the ju- one of the people in the jury uh, either posted about it or or messaged somebody on social media asking for outside information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they want a so mistrial that- and they want a new trial and whatnot. That's basically what they're planning on doing. Um, I mean, I know neither one of us are lawyers, but like, what do you think of the, I mean, it seemed like the case was done. Like he got charged, right? What was it? Two counts How, of, of manslaughter? What was it? Was it accident? No, it was regular manslaughter, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was manslaughter. Um, I'm thinking, you know, any other, any other courtroom, this would have been over, but this is a good old boys town. And they are pulling out all the stops. I think they see the whole officer being found guilty of manslaughter on duty as a mark of shame. And this being a marquee conservative town, they're going to do whatever they can to prevent that from happening. Um, What I'm hoping happens, if it does go, go to an appeal jury, is they look at this and be like, you know what, this family's been through enough. You know, on second thought, this was murder. Yeah, I'm hoping that would be cool. If this goes to appeals, I'm hoping this blows up in their face. I really do. Like, this family's been through enough. For for y'all who don't know, you know, who's keeping count, uh, Atiana Jefferson's that dead. But in the time it took for her to even get a trial, I'm pretty sure both her parents died. I know her mom did, right? Her mom was already in the hospital. That's why Zion was with Tay in the first place that night. Now... Zion's mother has died. Um, this is terrible, man. Yeah, and it's so. What ha- what know, happened? Was she ill? I'm not. She she was having health problems. Like I know that during the trial, there are times she couldn't show up because of her health issues. Um, I, like- I want to say it's diabetes. I'm not 100 percent sure, so I'm yeah. not going to sit here and speculate. Yeah, but feel, yeah. but she did have health difficulties you know what i'm saying yeah um unfortunately there's a lot of stigma for the black community within you know the healthcare field and obviously things like food deserts and availability of good food you know yeah um, i mean i hope yeah i certainly yeah i don't know i feel like a little bit like this maybe isn't i don't know i feel we we're talking about it on the air like this type of family business and stuff i mean i'm sure it we're, I'm sure we're not the only ones. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure you're getting this information from places and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's personal. That sucks, man. That's <clears throat> yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have. I would not have shared it if it hadn't been already announced on yeah. official. Yeah. Yeah. You know, official things like uh, I know Lee Merritt there, the family's attorney, has already announced it. The 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 Atiana project has already gotcha yeah. announced so, it. I mean, it, it's certainly um, something that they're not like want you know not wanting people to talk about it or whatever if it's out there but right yeah, that's, but that's, our, our thoughts our thoughts are with them i think yeah. there's uh and i'll send this to you i guess after we finish recording i think there is some sort of gofundme or something set up for them so okay. if you guys listening want to donate yeah we'll put feel that, free we'll put that down in the in the doobly-doos the show notes um man yeah this has been it's been it's been a 
interesting couple of months, I suppose, since we kind of came, you know, got off air and came back. Like here in Fort Worth, it's been interesting, but like certainly at the state level, it's certainly at like the national level too. Like things are just things are just weird, man. Um, another thing I want to like cover that we I don't think we've really done a good job of in the past, and like I certainly haven't uh, made it a priority, but I, I think I, I kind of want to now. Um, is the school board races that are coming up. Um, we've got these elections coming up on May 1st. Uh, no, not the first. Ah, it's not the first this year. Damn it. I don't have it in front of me. Seventh, I think May 7th, uh, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, I don't have my notes. Oh, no, what am I doing? Um, but coming up in May, um, the early voting. Yeah, I, got, I, do have, I do have a piece of paper. Um, last day to register to vote will be April 6th. Early voting begins on April 24th. And May 2nd, there it is. So not the 7th, but number two, May 2nd, early voting. Ah, damn it. Early voting ends on May 2nd, and election day is May 6th. Man, I'm all over the place. I'm swerving. Yep. Sorry, guys. Uh, May 6th is election day. So point point being, we've got elections coming up for the municipal offices. We've got two new districts in our city council. So we're getting two new seats, and then they had to carve out two new districts to go with that. Um, the city has created a little like map that you can use that you can embed into websites and like kind of it's like a shareable link that I'm going to also post in the, in the doobly-doo if you want to look at the map to see what the new districts look like because they have changed and we do have these two new ones. And so it's kind of like they're representing, I don't know, Fort Worth is getting so big. When I was looking at that map, I was like, right. gosh, dang, we're so it's stretching all over the place. Do you know if they're cutting into like District 9 or what? Because... It like let me, let me pull it up. District nine is different, is shaped different, but um, it's still it's, nine was kind of that that central south central section. They've like changed a little bit of the gerrymander, but it's still roughly in the same part mm -hmm. of the city. Um, District eleven, which is the new one, one of the new ones, like is shoved in between District five and District eight. So uh, on the east side, like District eight is like east of 35 pretty much from like downtown or like a little bit north of downtown maybe 121 all the way down to burleson like that's district eight district five like was that same spot over to arlington and now yeah. like in the middle in the central part like district 11 is like essentially it's i don't even know how to describe it it's also east of 35 but north and south of 30 like north of 30 all the way up to Holton city and like all the way over to 820 like like john t white area but then also down through into you know the meadowbrook area down south of 287 down towards forest hill like that's all district 11 and so now district 5 is just really like the far far eastern part of fort worth like mostly east of the of 820 of the circle with like a little bit of gerrymandering like going in into the 820 circle and then we've got District 12, which is like all the way up north, you know, pretty much almost to the racetrack. <laughs> like it's like all that stuff up there off by 114, uh, like north of Keller, south of Justin, north of Saginaw. Like the north, the very, you know, Saginaw is not even like far enough north. Like it's like the northern tip of Saginaw is like now getting into this yeah. weird, weird area. And it's horseshoe shaped. I don't know what's in the middle of it. I guess Alliance Airport would be in the middle of it. Did you say District 12? District uh, 10. I'm sorry. It's all it's purple okay. on this map. District 10. Forgive me. Yeah. I can't see the number. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
that's uh it's kind of we're you know things are a little bit different like, yeah it looks like district 10 only has alan alan blaylock filed to run for it yeah so far so he yeah let's let's pull up the little we're gonna do with it we can just kind of briefly run it we don't have to this, this I'm gonna make this spreadsheet where it's like a work in progress. But since we're since we're talking about it, I will go ahead and post it yeah. in the show notes. But it just won't be won't be perfect until we until we get closer to the elections. Um, but yeah, we got three people running for mayor so far, which I guess let's talk about that first. Uh, Maddie Parker has not announced that she's running again, but she still has like two weeks. We have until. February 17th to file uh, to date. We're recording this on January 30th. I think it'd be really weird if she did run because like she spent like how many years just to get to the mayor position. Yeah. You know, and I don't see any upward mobility for her anytime soon. So either she wants to get out of politics, doesn't run or she's going to announce, you know, for reelection and she's going to come out as the favorite. I'm like, like very early. So you think so? You think if she does run, does run that she's gonna? I'm I'm just curious how popular she is amongst Republicans, um, because she's not very Republican. Like you know, and these are supposed to be nonpartisan. Like these elections are supposed to be nonpartisan right. elections. Um, right. Ha- but ha- however, she's clearly yeah. Republican. The, the, yeah. the thing about conservatives is they like to say they're about the meat and potatoes, but they're not, <laughs> you know, as long as she has that R next to her name and she's recognizable to them, that's who's getting the vote. Yeah. She's already the incumbent. Um, you know, in their world, if good things are happening in Fort Worth, it was probably a Republican that did it. Right. So they're going to get behind her. Okay. Um, unless another one of these Christian nationalist clowns pops up. I, I don't see. I don't see anyone not getting behind her. Um, she hasn't rocked the boat enough, as far as I, I know, to like piss off the Bass family or really uh, alienate herself from the Republican caucus. The, the party at large is kind of, after that, uh, what I can only describe as uh, a red puddle, <laughs> uh, you know, during the Senate midterms and the House of Representatives. I think, you know, nationally, the idea is to kind of back up on the on the uh, extremist rhetoric a little bit. Yeah, which is going to help Maddie because she's she's Republican, but she's not as like, you know. uh, She's not your 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 4chan. uh, We have to get rid of these globalists. They're attacking our children, which is what, you know. Which is what I like about her. Like <laughs> she's 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 pretty stable uh, in comparison to some like even some of the people that we don't I mean, there's not a lot of info about a lot of these people yet, but some of them are still like, ooh, like, oh no. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I I, I would like to see her run again. Um I'd like to see some more diversity, more candidates. And so here's <laughs> sorry, okay, let me say that. If okay, if she did run again, I wouldn't vote for her because there's another candidate who has already won my heart <laughs> for mayor. 
Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll actually get to that last. So let's run through the very briefly the three candidates. Do you have the sheet open? I don't know if you've got it up or not. Uh, um, let me see. I need to log into my Gmail. Give me two seconds. Yeah. So they're just gonna yell at me, but it's okay. Yeah. No, I'll uh, we'll pad we'll pad for time. It's all good. We've got a uh, Ken Bowens Jr who is uh, some guy who is, I, th- I, I think I left it off here. I thought it said entrepreneur on his thing. So entrepreneur, a lot of these people. Oh, so you're right. It was just some guy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who comments at the city council meetings. Apparently, he's been very outspoken in the past year, probably like planning leading up to him, him running. Uh, but he titles himself as a, quote, independent party candidate, end quote which he'd said on his, a lot of people have Facebook pages. Like most of these candidates had the Facebook page, which I could not access because I don't use Facebook. Drives me insane. And I don't want to send you guys, listeners, sorry, I'm never, ever, ever going to send you to Facebook. Sorry if you use it or not. Like, I don't think it's a platform people should be spending their time on. So I'm not going to give you Facebook links. But anyways, uh, that dude said independent party candidate. I don't know what that means. Like, what do you think that means? Independent party. There's not an independent party. So I think what he's saying is he's either an independent or he's one of these conservatives that fancies themselves like, oh, I'm in the middle of it, right? I'm I'm yeah. halfway. Kind of like Tim Pool says he's a, yeah, he's a centrist, yeah, but he's yeah. not. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. But it's basically going to be like some libertarian-esque person who's like, thinks, you know, the city council should move all their, all their funding to like Bitcoin or something. <laughs> <laughs> And we all remember how that turned out. We're the first city to buy Bitcoin, guys. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to hate on Bitcoin. I I know if if you bought any, you're already in the shitter anyways. Um, Here's here's the thing. I I know people who made stupid money off of Bitcoin, and I'm still going to hate on Bitcoin, okay? (laughs) Fair, fair. But yeah, I think yeah, I think so too. I was getting that vibes where it's like I don't know, you can't afford to be neutral on a moving train. I'm sorry, like we're 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 very quickly heading in one direction. We talked about that a lot last year when we were, you know, especially towards the end of the year. This country's heading further right. I mean, you just look, just taking a step back out of Fort Worth for a second, just looking around the globe. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention to geopolitics, but um, a, uh, uh, a parliament member in Sweden burned a fucking Koran like in, you know, session uh, in making some terrible anti you know anti xenophobic anti-islamophobic anti-xenophobic or islamophobic xenophobic sort of you know point and so now people in like turkey has essentially like told all turks like in different parts in different parts of the world in different countries including the united states hey uh you know be on the lookout be aware for the the rise in like islamophobia uh and violent attacks being made against you because you're muslim and so it's like just we're we're you know that was in Sweden, but like that that's they're not alone in that sentiment. And the fact that Turkey is like labeling like the top ten countries that this is type this is going to happen in, and then like telling you know expatriates like hey, uh, if you're over there in these places, including the United States, um, you know, watch your back. Like you know things are things are heating up. It's really gross and uncomfortable, and like especially being a history teacher and like oh you know the the rise of fascism in Italy in the thirties and or the twenty you know twenty two on the rise of. Do Nazi we really Germany, need a like, world war and a crusade at the same freaking time? Because it's yeah. just, it's just I don't know that there's a lot going on. So all that to say, like can't be. I'm sorry if you're an independent. Like I don't 
I don't sympathize with that perspective because like we we have very strong polarization in this country right now. And if you can't figure out what side you're on, like you've got an agenda or you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Like here's the way I look at it, right? You know, getting on a political party is like getting on a boat, right? An independent is the person who just refuses to pick a boat. But the problem is that the, the tides are rising and the amount of time you have to get on a boat before you drown is quickly diminishing. Yeah, I mean you gotta you're gonna have to pick. You have to pick and choose. Yeah. Um it sucks. I used to be like that. I'm gonna be so much smarter than anybody because I'm just not gonna pick a side, and then you realize, oh, the sides kind of picked me, you know? Yeah. And I get it. Like our, it sucks that we have a two party system and that people are sick of bad options, you know. I get that. Um, but we still gotta work with what we gotta work with until things change until until that big change ever does come. Uh, okay, sorry, Ken Bowens. We didn't mean to go off on on you like that. We don't know. None, none of that is to say anything about Mr. Ken Bowens Jr. running for mayor, but getting uh, independent party candidate vibes, whatever that means. Um, however, in addition to that guy, we got uh, Jennifer Castillo running. Uh, Castillo runs a real estate company, uh, Money House, Haas, Money House. And uh, an, uh, a mortgage-focused counterpart, Money Incorporated. Okay. Oh, interesting. So she does real estate, but she also does her own financing for the houses that she sells. Uh, that's a pretty baller real estate agent. Uh, I'm, have- <laughs> I'm surprised she got the name Money, Inc. Yeah. <laughs> the most generic name. <laughs> like, I... I'm gonna have to do some research. I'm pretty sure that was the name of like the million dollar man stable with like IRS and everything. Money Inc. I don't know why that's yeah, you're totally <laughs> that, that right. sounds like that sounds like something they do in the 80s, you know, just something super hokey <laughs> like that. So she her picture is like super like glamour shots picture uh in in the article. Um like J J Lo vibes, like wannabe J Lo. Um which is, you know, interesting. It, it, it just like aesthetics alone, uh, it would, you know, policy aside, and I don't normally like to do it like this, but optics are important to a lot of voters. It would be nice to see a Hispanic woman at the head of Fort Worth. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Not sh- I don't know. I'd like to know more about this lady. Like, I'm always suspicious of, bi- of business owners because you're... Uh, you're a capitalist. I'm sorry. And so like your interests aren't aligned with the workers usually. Um, and that's important to me, but I, I it'd be important it, to everybody. Yeah, it should be, man. Like, you know, all power to all the people, man, like, and, and capitalists, it's not, they don't look at it like that. Um, but okay. Speaking of this, if we're talking the capitalist, you know, socialist, you know, dynamic, uh, Allison Kennedy, who is 72 years old, titled her her headline says cashier and activist files run for mayor um she's previously run for mayor in dallas back in 2019 and has apparently run for president multiple times she has her own wikipedia page uh and she is a member of the socialist workers party and so i'm like well if we got a socialist running for mayor like and she's done it a bunch of times obviously she hasn't won any of those elections right but that's okay uh, I love it. I love the balls on this lady. Uh, she's a cashier at, at Walmart. 
and I'm like, I'm in love. Like, <laughs> like you, you can't get much more working class than that, right? She's worked in coal mines in Alabama, Colorado, Utah, and West Virginia. Today, she works at Walmart in oh, Dallas. She, she's is, a worker worker. Okay. <laughs> this is her Wikipedia page. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she ran for president in 08. Uh, weird, man. I don't know. I'd like to know more about her, too, but she's got more links, like website links, than any of the candidates on this list so far. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna lie. She's she's way more put together than I was expecting. Like I heard cashier, and I'm like, oh, oh no. Right. And like the more I see this, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And like how more power to her? How baller do you have to be? I mean, it sucks. It could be a two sided thing, right? It could be like I got I have to work at Walmart because I fucking have to work, right? Like like right. we all do. We have to survive in the system, but like. The fact that I'm a I'm I've run for president. I'm a member of the Socialist Party. I'm an I'm a worker and an organizer, like a you know workplace activist. Like w if you were gonna go somewhere to like do good work, to make a difference and like wake other other workers up to like their oppression, you know, and the, and the system mm -hmm. that we're in. Like where else would you go but Walmart or Amazon or something, right? Like that's at yeah. 72. Like that's, I used to work at the coal mines and now I'm, I'm going to go be a cashier at Walmart and try and wake everybody up. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, this is just my, Look, you know, head cannon. The problem but. is we're all like addicted to like capitalism and stuff, right? Like, and here's the other thing people don't think about when running for this. It takes time to like knock on doors. It takes time to, you know, put those flyers out. It takes time to do these little debates. If you're a cashier, you're not making enough to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, she's 100%. at a major disadvantage here. Yeah, most definitely. And like, but I don't know. The, the I just like the gumption of it all of just like, yeah, you know, yeah, no, like, I got to respect the game, you know, <laughs> respect the hustle, yeah. bro. So, yeah, so we'll see. And that's so far, you know, it's just two more weeks. We could see Maddie Parker file. We could see, you know, who knows what number of other people file. But so far, it's just these three, Ken Bowens, Jennifer Castillo, and Allison Kennedy. You know, um, it would be cool What if, like, Maddie Park was like, I'm not going to run. And then all the conservatives are like, oh, no, we need, you know what, we need more of in Fort Worth, more of me, right? Yeah. And they all just, like, vacated their seats. <laughs> and then, like, we got less people on the on the fourth POA again uh, to run. That would be nice. That'd be nice. Be nice. Probably not going to happen, but it'd no, be, it'd be, we, one can dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, district two, we got Carlos Flores. He's been there since 2017. I don't know. I don't, been there I, too long. Yeah. I remember not liking him, but it's been so long since I've actually watched a city council meeting that I don't really remember why. Um, I feel like, Oh, I know just, why I, yeah. I can tell you why I don't like him. Go for it. So when I, I think I don't remember if you were there or not, but uh, when I was speaking against the, uh, you know, the fourth POA city council agreement, um, mm -hmm. which I always forget the actual formal name of because you know. Yeah, no, and now I'm forgetting it too. Yeah, yeah I remember. But yeah. uh, you know, one of the things I did was I pointed out that uh, most of the city council, including Mr. Flores you know, got most of their political contributions from the Fort Worth POA. That's right. That's right. And this is back when I was stupid. I thought Brian Bird was like somewhat of a of a centrist type person. And it turns out he was just a cheap date. But uh, 
Carlos Flores is one of the guys who spoke to me afterwards. It was like, why'd you do that? We already, everyone already knows this. And everyone did not already know that. Um, he was worried because he almost didn't win the last election that had just happened when we spoke. They, they, he actually has the distinction of being in the most expensive city council race in Fort Worth history. Mm. Yeah, it's, those are red flags. All the red flags. All the red flags. Yeah. I, I have a student who's always saying that, and I love it. Like every time I say something that's something not so great happening in, in a history class, you know, we're talking about whatever, it's like red flag. That's a red flag. Like, yep, that is a big red flag. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Like if I if I could change my my handle from Jungus Jordan as a vampire to Carlos Flores as a werewolf, I probably would. <laughs> Yeah, too bad Jungus. I mean, I'm glad Jungus is gone, right? But like for your namesake, though, like it'd be nice to, I don't know, get more mileage out of it. Like, I'm glad he's not in a position of power. I'm just sad that I can't make fun of him anymore, yeah. you know? God. Uh, so, so far, Carlos is the only guy running in District 2. Uh, and you just said most money. So he's probably, I bet people are probably scared to run against him because they're probably going to lose. Dude, here's what it is. Most people don't know about local politics, so they don't even know there's an option. There are people in his district right now who do not know we have a city council. So we're just like, oh, I guess oh, that's fine. Definitely. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna like if he runs unopposed, he's gonna run like maybe four hundred dollars for the entire campaign, and he's still gonna get like five hundred votes, and everyone's just gonna say he's the winner because there were no other candidates. Yep. I lost that map. I was going to try and look at the districts again. District 2. Can you drop that into Discord so I can see it too? Yeah, I did. It's just, it when I did, it just put the link and like no picture to go with it. Um it's right above the Google Sheets. Oh, I found it. Okay. Yeah, it's like just got buried in there. Um So if you're in if you live in District 2 and you would like to run against Carlos Flores and you're like do I live in District 2? I don't know. Um, it's north side. It's like North Fort Worth, or you know, around Sampson Park, River Oaks, all the way up to uh, Saginaw, what? essentially. Here's what I want to know. Way over How come there's road. like entire pockets that just isn't Fort Worth? Like there's a circle and there's White Settlement. There's a circle and there's yeah, Saginaw. Because those are other cities. And so they have their own city councils and mayors. Oh, so they did kind of what like uh, University Park and Highland Park did in exactly, Dallas. Exactly. We've just got more of them. Yeah, we've got White Settlement. We've got Sampson Park. We've got River Oaks. There's what is it? Westcliff mm -hmm. Village uh, over on the south side near Crowley. Uh, we have Benbrook. Saginaw is yeah. kind of a bigger one. Uh, Azel is another one that's in Tarrant County. I've, I've found out, I've been going to the Northwest Tarrant County Progressives, Northwest Tarrant, Northwest Tarrant Progressives. I was, I'm sorry, Michael, if you're listening, I'm always screwed the name up. Um, they, they, a lot of them are up on the West side. They're like all in my district, HD 99, the house district for 99. Um, and some of them live out in Azel. And I didn't realize like the, literally the Tarrant County line just goes right down the middle of Azel. So, they like only half of the city gets to vote in Tarrant County for their uh for some elections and the other ones are on the other side they're in uh 
was it wise is wise county where weatherford is uh, i believe so uh, let's see on this map maybe this map's gonna tell me yeah you give it the one listeners yeah, probably parker bit, county someone's screaming at their head parker 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 county sorry parker county is over to the west um yeah i don't know i just thought that was just crazy so yeah all these little cities they've got their own which like in a perfect world if we had the funding for like a you know or a, a volunteer shout out if anybody wants to come be a part of this this volunteer thing that we got going on here uh i want to uh, uh uh, then that that would be awesome uh, because then we could actually have someone cover each of these little towns. I mean, the thing is, these cities only got like 3,000 people in them, 4,000 people in them. Um, Westworth Village, like 4,200. And so like of those many people, of the that that small number, like how many of those people are actually going to be listening to a podcast or something, you know? Um, so yeah. it's not really the best use of our time, but like I would like to kind of spread out the diverse you know talk about more stuff that people are doing or getting into um because you know there's there's a lot going on that's but this the school the school board races being one of those like i really would want to kind of get into that because even though those are really small they have like a really big impact like just today schools getting let out for inclement weather like fort worth isd is notorious for being the last frigging minute on these things um and so we were i didn't even find out so we, five o'clock today and like just about every other district had already announced and all sorts of stuff. So if that's a problem, if you care about that, so, then like vote for people on the school board that they're going to, they're going to, so they, they, they told you that the schools closed for inclement weather around the time you usually stop doing teacher stuff. Yeah. So you yeah, just had a day. You didn't even get to go home and enjoy like the bad weather. You just like, oh, this is just work. Yeah. No, it's just I a, yeah. I showed up and I was wondering, <laughs> students were already showing up, you know, seven 30 and they hadn't called anything. So I was like, well, I guess, guess we're doing it. And then, like, after lunch, they were, like, letting parents come get their kids, but, like, they didn't cancel school. And so it was just, like, 400 parents in the front office waiting in line to get their kid out of the class. And so then it's just, by the time, like, I get to the second half of the day and, like, an hour or so after lunch, like, I'm, I got, like, five or six kids in my class. And then the same for my last period, just a handful of kids because they all got taken out for early dismissal. Those who could. Yeah, gar- right. Not everybody could, but those who could. Yeah. I went out to the store around one and I, I saw a whole bunch of uh, school buses like running kids. So that which means Garland probably like let the kids come to school and then called it at noon. But still at that point, like look at the weather, like why just cancel school period. Yeah. Like, don't even risk it. You know, just come on. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. So those, those are, those are, you know, those are important to people. So uh it'd be cool i'd like to i'd like to try and cover that stuff too all it takes is one teacher or student getting in an accident and then everyone's bum for the rest of the year yep you know was it really mm. was it really that important that we get a, a whole half day of work done <sighs> and when you get to school no one's doing half half day of work they're just they're just no. waiting they're just yeah. waiting to go home everyone's you know just waiting. i tried to get my students to do work but when there was you know dwindling numbers it's like all right now i'm not even gonna make you do it because you're gonna leave in 10 minutes anyways um but yeah. Anyways, I guess we're getting off track. Uh, hey, what are podcasts Sorry. for if we can't if we can't exactly. uh, go on tangents? You know, right? <laughs> uh, Michael Crane. We got Michael Crane in District Three running again. Michael Crane. Was it like? It, am I crazy? Was he running like for Congress or something? Was he running for something else in November? I would have swore he was. I don't know. I don't think so. I know he's like way over qualified for like a city council position. Like 
this guy had like a federal job with the Bush administration and all this other stuff. I felt like he was running for like state house or so, something. I, I want to say I saw a shit ton of Michael Crane signs everywhere, like back in October, November. But I, I'll have to like cross reference. I, I don't have that sheet pulled up, but I'll have to double check. But yeah, a lot of grief from A&M. Um, what did he say? What's the quote? The job I set out to do with your support in 2021 is not yet done. There is more work to do, so to continue to ensure our city is still the greatest city to live, work, and play, and yes, raise a family. I just got something I, like, all the emphasis on family. Family, family, family. Family first! We saw a billboard the other day, I forget where we were driving, somewhere, like, I don't know, maybe to Weatherford or something, somewhere where there wasn't a lot of city. And there was a billboard that was like family. They had created, I'm trying to remember what it was. They had created a product. It was like a medical product. And they had like named the company like family first medical product or something. And like they had abbreviated the name family first. They had to cut a letter or two off of it to like fit it in the website, I guess. And I was just like, fam like family for like, if family is so important to America, then we would prioritize people spending time with their families. Um, but we don't. In capitalism, capitalism destroys families. I'm sorry. There's a really good critique on this from, from communist countries from back in the day, Soviet bloc countries. They were right when they were making fun of America and how we were destroying families. Because when your parents have to work three jobs to make ends meet, when you can't take sick days, because you have to go into work because you're going to lose your insurance if you don't. And if you lose your insurance, you're going to die or whatever, right? Like all of this fucked up shit about forcing people into this situation. Like if we really cared about human beings, we would care about families. We You've would... got doctors spending more time trying to, go to negotiate with insurance companies about why something's medically necessary with insurance companies. Yes. Who have representatives who are trained and paid literally to say no. Yep. Um, that's ballooning the costs of everything. Cause also like they, you know, before you can get, let's say, you know, you have a brain tumor and then you need to do a specific scan for, for a tumor, for a tumor. Right. But you don't necessarily need a CT scan. The insurance company is going to insist that they get that CT scan first and they're still going to charge the patient. Yep. So costs are going up and here's, here's my favorite part. The doctor's salaries aren't even rising in proportion, which means no. pretty soon they're going to be getting underpaid too. Like this yeah. is what you are seeing is late stage capitalism. And it's, it, it's kind of ironic because it's literally turning into every, you know, horror story they ever told about what so socialism and communism supposedly does. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's like projection almost. And like, and in that, you know, in your analogy, they're like, who, what is an insurance company or what's the point of an insurance company? I'm like, it's literally a middleman that is leeching yeah. off of whatever transaction is going there between the, the doctor and the patient. And like, mm -hmm. you know, we just, there's no need to have that. Like we don't need an insurance company. We could just have the state pick up the tab like most civilized countries, like most developed but nations. How are their insurance companies board supposed to afford another yacht? Okay. Yeah. You're, you're not thinking of the honest, hardworking yacht owners of this country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you have millions of children starving. But let's be honest, 
it's kind of worth it when the guy with four yachts has five. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And we got we've got record profits this year. We've also that's got not re- even, record that's layoffs. That's not even right? a yacht for every day of the week, you know. Like that's uh, uh, the poor yacht owners. What what, what will they ever do? What will they ever do? How will they survive? So I don't know. Sorry, Michael. I know maybe you you triggered me with your my, with your yes, raise a family. Like why stop and say yes before like 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 it's wrong to raise a family? The insinuation here is the greatest city to live to, live, to work to play and yes to raise a family like is that you going out on a limb there by saying we should raise families in fort worth i don't know just the framing of that's very strange to me i got a little triggered i apologize um we'll just continue going to district four with Teresa ramirez gonzalez um i'm noticing a, a trend of of latinas running this this time around that i didn't see I like it last time yeah i do too even though this one um I don't think I'd vote for, for Teresa, <laughs> but yeah, but still, abandoned like, ship. yeah, I mean, like you know, representation matters. Abandoned, but we it's woo, not we all woo. that matters. Yeah, so she she titles herself a Christian conservative uh, <laughs> with over twenty five years of experience in community outreach. She served with the Fort Worth Police Department Neighborhood Crime Watch program and as a volunteer over five years and as a member of the Neighborhood Crime Watch Steering <laughs> Committee. Uh, she's a rat and a pig. Um, I got I got two sentences and I was like absolutely not. <laughs> but she's the only one running in District Four right now. Um, so again, if you want to run, you know, please, please, run. your please, ideas, please, please run. That would be cool. Where's District Four? District Four is north of eight twenty, east of thirty five, up, kind of squished in between. Like it's that all the way over to Watauga or Northwestern Hills or Keller, like in between those places and 35. And then you got a little bit smooching over the west side of 35 off of like north of 287, it looks like. Um, so we, we do not we do not need more Christian nationalists calling anyone a socialist that doesn't agree with them or and, globalists. And I wonder, because I've only drive, like I've been to this part of town a lot, but just like driving to Denton or driving to Watauga or to Saga, you know, to Keller or something. Um, I, I, I'm curious what the demographics of this neighborhood actually are of this district. Um, like I would assume white, but I don't know. Uh, is her, is that a typo was, or is her, uh, name Teresa Ramirez Gonzalez? Uh, uh, now I'm confused. Uh, Teresa Ramirez Gonzalez. Did I spell it wrong? Yeah, you were like R A M I E R Z. That that's another red flag. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, but Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? I wonder if there's any relation to a certain uh, Fort Worth POA uh, president and now Manny? county commissioner. Oh, is she Manny's like sister or something? <laughs> Let me look at her website. So we do have links in there. If you are wanting to like f- follow along with this in, uh, listener, like we do have links in there for all these people, even though they're not, again, it's not all of them yet, but there's just some, we do have at least one link. Christian conservative. That's not Manny in the picture. So I was going to look and see if that was Manny from the picture. But that's like her, like, you know, what's the word? Family, family, not extended family, I guess, or whatever, yeah. 
Yeah. She's from Birdville, which okay. Honestly, that that I can't believe they named the city Birdville. <laughs> Says the kid who grew up in a town called Farmersville, and it used to be called Sugar Hill. So it's not like they couldn't think of anything better. So she's got, uh, she's oh, fighting to end human trafficking. Oh man, it looks like. The the it's just it has like this this protest poster or picture of like her downtown with like eight people with their posters to end human trafficking. I wonder if that was like the the QAnon like free the children. Yeah, the one the thing. one Stevie accidentally stumbled on. Yeah, that's what it looked like because it was like eight people that showed up to that. Um. Okay, so that's her. Let's hopefully we get some more people besides her. Um, she seems like a nice. I'm gonna do some whatever, research because that uh. Oh, she she walked over two point five miles with Opal Lee. Okay, glad she got her photo op. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that's that's something. I guess I don't know. I don't know what that's worth. Not very much. It's something. Um, I don't like. I'm gonna have to do some research because yeah. I I feel like when there's smoke, there's fire. You know. Yeah, most definitely. I think that's a I think that's a pretty astute observation there. I didn't think about that. Uh, in District 5... We... I, know who to, I know who to get a hold of for this. I'm going to get Griffey on this. All right, yeah. keep, keep going. District 5, we got four, so far, four people running. We've got Gerardo Sanchez Corona, or Arado Sanchez Corona. I don't know. Uh, there, he doesn't have a website. He has no information about him. Um, so, which I thought, I was like, oh, it's one of these. Because every year we get two or three, four people that just file, but never emerge <laughs> from anywhere uh so i wonder if he's gonna be this or if maybe he's just like behind you know just running behind and we'll get stuff up soon uh bob willoughby so i do you know who bob willoughby is because he okay, seemed... we covered him before okay. and i remember liking him because i like his name but i couldn't find a lot on him yeah okay same i was i was like i recognize this name he apparently like is one of the people who shows up to the city council meetings and is always just like you know, pissing off the city council because he's criticizing them. Um, but like those people are important and like, I would love to get somebody like that, like on the city council. I think that would be fun. Apparently he's run multiple times before and, oh, and I didn't put his link. Damn it. I got to go back and fix that. Yeah. I left, I've neglected to put his link in. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I don't, I was like wondering if, if you knew him or recognized the name. Cause I mean, there's, there's ways to be criticizing the city council that are ways that are like, you know, important and pertinent. And then there's ways that you can do it where you're just being, you know, Marjorie Taylor green or something. And so I don't, you know, I don't, I'm curious to see which type of, which type of critic he is. Um, but, I, but that's cool. Um, uh, William McKinley, uh, is a super pastor. He's like a pastor at a church, but then he's got like three degrees from different seminary or theological schools. He's got like a doctorate in theology. Um, so there's, you know, more religion. Uh, Gina Bivens, obviously. Gina Bivens. Gina Bivens, incumbent. Uh, she's been the incumbent for 10 years now, 2013. Uh, and she's apparently mayor pro tem, which I guess means it's the longest standing council member. Is that what that means? Like you're like, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't remember really liking Gina very much. She's not really an advocate for change, really. She's more of a status quo candidate. Um, but I don't know. I don't have anything personally against her or anything, but yeah. So we'll, I don't know. You got anything to say about Gina or Mr. McKinley? Uh, let's see. The last thing we need is more Jesus. Yeah, man. I'm so, and the city council. Yeah, I agree. And, Sorry, uh, Oh, here we go. See if I have any info on Mr. Willoughby. And uh, I'm just going to tell you the same thing Gina Bivens told me the, the first time she saw me, you know, canvassing against the whole, uh, you know, agreement. Um, uh, you know, if you see any, you know, potholes or like, problem with you know the streets and the roads make sure you contact the city so they can fix them <laughs> as she stands in a perfectly paved neighborhood oh my god okay okay i think that says a lot okay so let's see <laughs> bob willoughby what we got last time oh we got a number for this guy um don't know if it's still good but we have a number on this guy um says his bias says entertainment merchandising pro church and state so i'm i'm assuming he's for the separation of church and state his auntie's gina bivens he's for transparency positive housing uh he has a lot of housing complaints apparently and he's he's for increasing voter turnout okay we do need more housing and we do need more voters so yeah I ain't got no problem with that. All right. So we got, at least sounds like we've got a decent candidate in five. You know, obviously we got time to see who else shows up and what else these people say and do. But, um, plus, uh, Councilman Willoughby is way funner, funner to say than Council, Councilwoman Bivens. Yeah. This is true. True. Uh, we got a few more. We got a couple new districts. So a few more than we're used to. District six. We've got Jared Williams running again. Love Mr. Jared Williams. He is the yeah. incumbent, but this is this would be his second term if he was to win again. Um, if you don't remember or weren't listening back then, he uh, has a doctorate in environmental science and science education from the University of North Texas. He's got a ton of a ton of environmentalist stuff uh, degrees, like yeah, qualifications. Um, and then his I work with his dad, and his dad's a, a gentleman. Uh, Oh yeah, his dad didn't he uh recently get elected to the fourth uh school board? Did he? No, that's um no. that's um who am I thinking of? You're thinking of uh Leon Bridges' dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um the Jared Williams' dad is a pastor. I don't know what church he is, but jo Joseph Williams. Uh and he's like a substitute that that's up at my school like all the time. Um he's a cool guy. And I like kind of like like was like, what? When I learned that Jared was his son, I was like, oh my god. Uh, Jared's cool. Yeah, I was like fan, fanboy and fangirling. Um, so yeah, Jared's cool. Vote for him again. He seems nice. We also have another person, Italia De La Cruz, who's a small business owner, an immigrant, and a mother, as it says in the Fort Worth report thing. Uh, and she says Fort Worth needs to prioritize what makes sense for the average citizen. Uh, let's restore our quality of life. Let's lower taxes support small businesses and limit the overreach of city government. 
Okay, so this doesn't actually, none of this helps. Okay, this is like a corporate <laughs> stooge stuff. My yeah. first red flag was that her, her name was Natalia De La Cruz. And honestly, I don't know what it is about this, but it just sounded fascisty. But <laughs> um, to break this down, if we lower the taxes, we'll have less funding for things like, you know, the homeless, food assistance, uh, small business loans, which, by the way, she's not talking about supporting small businesses. She wants like a fourth McDonald's down the street instead of a mom and pop shop. Okay. Yeah. As long as long as she's the franchisee, she doesn't care. Okay. Um, that doesn't help small businesses. Corporations are not small businesses. Yep. Okay. Um, most of the small business owners I know they do have a problem with the city, but it's because the city's always strong arming them because corporations are trying to move into the territory. And the people who are always, you know, the people the corporations support are always saying exactly what she says, you know, yep. lower taxes, support, support small businesses and li limit the overreach of city government. Yeah. And it's like, which basically, yeah, go ahead. Which basically means let's limit the city's ability to do anything about a corporate takeover. Exactly. And like that's, it's, it's a, it's a message to me. It, it smells of like political um, amateur or something. Cause like that is a national message. You want to talk about the overreach of the federal government, right? If we want to talk about government overreach, like you want to talk about mass surveillance, you want to talk about, you know, uh, no fly lists, for instance, right? Like that's all that, that's federal government stuff. We're you're running for a municipal office. You're running for a city office. Like you need every dollar and dime that you can get to do yeah. anything. Uh, and so like that's just like totally out of sync with like your role in the job. But it's something yeah. that voters you know, especially the, the uneducated ones, the uninitiated ones, like they might actually fall for that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for her to be like law and order. I I'm calling it now. If she does it now, she's going to have contributions from the fourth POA. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Against I'm Williams too. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that again, man, the business owners, like the newspapers and I'm not saying the Fort Worth report is doing this. They're doing a fantastic job. Please, please go subscribe or donate to the Fort Worth report. Um, but typically, the news outlets, when they cover these people, the ones who own businesses uh, are the ones who kind of get to, oh, we got a, oh, we got a business owner in here, Ooh. versus like a cashier, you know, who's a socialist? <laughs> like, who's actually going to fight for you? The person who is, you know, working right alongside you, right? Um, versus, you know, these people who who are out for their own financial interests, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I, th I think I'm beating my drum a little too much this episode. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm be be beating the de a dead horse. Uh, okay. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the opposite of what I tell 14 year olds. Uh, beat it some more. <laughs> Not yeah. beaten enough. More people need to see this horse, be horse beaten. Oh man, what a yeah. what a weird analogy. Okay. Uh, District seven. Caleb back home. Now I'm wondering if I have typos on these. I'm like, am I did I type the right name? uh back home owner oh yeah this guy oh man i think i actually printed this one off i got it yeah i got it right here uh, amber didn't like me because i was like pointing at the guy's picture and i was like this guy looks like he's crazy or something and, and, and which is a rude thing to say you don't want to point at someone's face and say that they're crazy that's rude but i was trying to make the the, the joke of like did you ever see almost famous thomas uh no okay that Amber hadn't either, so she didn't get the joke either. And so this note, and it was just for me. Uh, there's a scene in Almost Famous where like uh, Frances McDormand's not wanting her 
her son to like listen to hippie music. And so she's pointing at the Simon and Garfunkel record where they're both wearing like the turtlenecks and they're just like looking at the camera and she's like pointing at both of their eyes and being like, they're on drugs. Which like they're oh my god obviously right. I, see it. I totally see it <laughs> I just I just googled his name and oh my god and like this guy seems he's, he seems perfectly fine but I was like he had those eyes and I was like oh look at his eyes look at his eyes um, but then I was like you know this is just totally just a, just a superficial aesthetic thing but then when I started reading I was like ah uh, yeah so uh, owns an insurance agency and not a small one. Uh, and he's concerned for America's big cities for far too long. Uh, for too long, local city governments have neglected the basics of crime, safety, and cleanliness. Uh, and he's got a degree, it doesn't say in what, from Northwestern College in Minnesota. In St. Paul, Minnesota. But he's currently getting a master's degree at the Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. Because that's, that's not a red flag. Yeah. And again, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be anti-religious people, but as, you know, I think I've made it clear about my atheism. I think, Thomas, you've made it clear, like, you're religious, yeah. you know, this is where we are. This is where we are. So we're entitled to our opinions, too. I hope we don't offend like, anybody. Here, here's the thing. Okay. If he's getting a master's, you know, pursuing a pa uh, master's at Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, he's trying to get a job for a pastor, fine. But, you know, politics is the only... Why is politics the only profession that everyone thinks they can do it the less experience they have in it? Hmm. Like the Dunning-Kruger effect is real. I would bet you that his, his, his uh, bachelor's degree probably isn't in a social science-related related field. Probably, probably a business degree or something. Now, Thomas, it can't business degrees be, be good social science degrees? To... To a certain extent, <laughs> yes, but I would argue that we've got too many too many businessmen, aka capitalists, in our political system as it is. Okay, yeah. and that's why a lot of our infrastructure and a lot of our government programs don't work because you've got guys who know how to run businesses but have no business, you know, being in government. Yep. And that's the man, that's what drives me nuts is people always compare the two things as if it's the same. Oh, I know how to run a business, so I can run a government. Like that's the, the opposite. Oh, the opposite. Your business is a profit motive. Government yeah. governments don't make money. Oh, governments don't profit. Oh, it's the opposite, actually. That's totally different. What, what, totally what, different it, what it really is, is he wants to be the fox in the hen house. Yeah, exactly. Just loot yeah. exactly. I mean, that's a, that is a perfect analogy, Thomas. That's exactly what it is. I get access to, or me and my my friends, my family, whatever, we can, now that we're in the system, can finagle it to where we get access to those free monies, yo, those free tax dollars, bro. That's exactly what it is. Um, God. And they'll be like, we did lower taxes. It just happened to be corporate taxes. And now we have to <laughs> offset, offset those corporate taxes getting lower yep. by uh, checks notes. Oh, yes. Taxing yeah. the poor. Man, I just want... I, and I get it. I'm cur I want to see someone do it, though. I want to see one of these candidates sometime, sometime in my life, just say they're going to raise taxes on corporations. Like, just come out and say it. Um, because I think the number of people that would be open to hearing that are more now than there were 10 years ago. Like, I want to hear that. Like, someone says, I'm going to raise corporate taxes. Like, I would be like, you got my vote. Because Can you imagine... <laughs> The political fuckery 
that happens there. They'll be like trying to get this person in affairs. They'll be like, this person hates babies. He must be an American because he drinks Pepsi instead of Coke. That type of thing. Man, like, oh, he drives a car, but you know, one of the parts is made in Mexico or something. You know, does he hate American jobs? It's like a trauma thing. Like, it's like we've been, it's not even like gaslighting. It's like straight up like abuse or coercion to like, we can't even talk about raising corporate taxes. Like, we're not even allowed to talk about that or we'll get yeah. hosed, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah, get beaten and with a rubber hose. Like for, for those of y'all who think, you know, Texas is all like low taxes and stuff. Yeah, we don't have a state income tax. But did you know that technically the California tax rate, when you when you consider everything and put it together? has a lower tax rate than taxes. Did you know that? You yep. want to know why? Because their corporate tax rate is higher yep. than the individual tax rate. And in Texas, it's the exact opposite. Yep. Because we're, we're a company's first worker's last state. Um, right right to work. <laughs> Not a right to strike or, or right, right to organize. Um, man. Man. Yeah. Thomas, we're like, we're on fire, dude. We're, we're just, mm -hmm. we didn't come in here guys with, with, with a lot of bullet points to talk about. We just happen to have some of these people, but I think we're making our voices and our, our thoughts heard. And hopefully listener, you're, you're nodding in agreement or you're at least considering some of the things we're saying and going, I don't know about that. Cause that, cause yeah, man. Yeah, man. We don't got, we don't got time I'm, to be messing around anymore. We just yeah, got to call I'm it. Just, like it is. I'm just saying it. It's, it's, what what it really is is we're we're leftists indoctrinating you. We're <laughs> we're those socialists that your conservative uncle warned you about, and uh, before you know it, you're going to be transsexual and a pansexual relationship. <laughs> um, you know, giving all your American rights away to Muslims or something. Man, yeah. If only, if only we could change minds that quickly on on just a, with a podcast, right? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, the world would be, you know, I think I uh, really though, like real talk, I think podcasts are going to save the world. Like, I think, uh, I think they're going to be a part of that. Like, obviously it's going to be like the Gen Z and like the young people too. Uh, they're probably their podcasts, but man, like, it's just nice to have a, a medium to like, a, just have a regular conversation, like un uninhibited, you know, just talk to another human being, like not worry about ad breaks or not worry about you know, ads in general, like never even talked about it on this podcast, but if you haven't noticed, we don't have any ads <laughs> and we will never have any ads. Um, that's not, that's not what this is for. Um, yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed doing this with you, buddy. I'm glad we get to do this because, uh, I feel yeah. like, feel like what we're doing, you know, hopefully it's important. I know we've got a hand, only a handful of you listeners out there. And those of you who are with us, thank you. We love you to the bottom. I'm of the also heart. super excited because I have like an interface and I can use a real mic. So I sound like a professional. Yeah. Not like the gargled mess. I normally am. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas is coming in, coming in hot with the clean signal. Um, I also, uh, I also, you know, decided not to be super cheap and got like the warranty. So if I inevitably break this thing, I can just get another one. It'll be good. It'll be good to go. They'll take, they got you. Yeah. Uh, got you taken care of. Hell yeah. Well, let's, let's hit the last, what is it? Four. Yeah. We've got four districts, but four candidates. I think, no, yeah, there's a couple more, six, seven candidates. Uh, we've I'm got on. uh district eight, Chris Nettles. Lovely. Mr. Yo. Chris, we love Chris. 
Uh, he so far is the only one running in that district. Um, yeah, you know what? District eight's good. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, just leave it alone. Keep Chris. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know who Chris Nettles is, he's run for mayor a couple times. He's the uh, now here, here's another business owner, but I believe it's like a nonprofit. Uh, he's owner and operator of Haven of Purpose Child Care Center uh, since 2014. And uh, this is something that you might like, Thomas. They, they put on his thing. As part of his campaign platform, Nettles is advocating for a citizen review board of police. A proposal to create just that introduced by Nettles was shot down in a five to four vote in November. So if he gets another shot, another term, maybe he can try to pass this thing again where we can actually get a civilian review board, a citizen review board, which is fucked up that we don't have one and that we've active like the Fort Worth PD and the Fort Worth PAO has actively been pushing against us including hey, Chief hey Noakes. we've got a police monitor that ha is fully invested for you to complain to and do nothing else dude I wonder what happened to that police monitor I wonder how she's doing because um, last time we talked to her it was just her getting the office off the ground and she had a lot of catch up work to do and then we never heard from her again. Let's <laughs> just hit her up again. Be like, how's it going? Yeah, you know what? That yeah, you know what, Thomas? I think that's a really good idea. I'm gonna. Uh, what is what is her title again? I don't even remember her name. I remember her name, but I'm totally blanking on it right now on I, the air. I think she's officially the Fort Worth Police Monitor. Police Monitor. That's right. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm writing that down. So I'll do that. We'll do that. We'll have a follow up. Maybe she can just like send us a nice email back. Here, can read here's what I love. Something. They make like this office of diversity. They make a police monitor and then they like promptly just started ignoring everything they said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's not basically it's, it's all non-binding. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, vote Chris, uh, district nine. We've got Jason Pena. Uh, Jason Pena is a business owner. That's all that he had about his, it doesn't even say what business, at least in the article, it didn't, um, but he says, I'm running for city council because I no longer recognize the city I grew up in. I will fight to reduce crime, re decrease taxes, and take on the radical politicians that have crippled this city. Um, don't, don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah. I'm getting, it, 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 it's giving super conservative vibes. It's giving Christian yeah. nationalist vibes. It's, got, yeah. it's, called, it's giving like libertarian vibes. And the worst part about it is like those guys always know like almost nothing about the position and they perform very poorly. Yeah. But they think they're doing like awesome. Yep. So I don't hopefully we get some more. Yeah, vote for Elizabeth Beck instead. I mean that's it. So Beck hasn't announced yet. Um uh, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Beck, you I, I'm sorry. I know you have other plans for your life. I need you to run again. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. Better get a get old Ann Zeta back in there. Yeah. One I or miss, the other. Oh man. I wonder how the Anzada's doing. Maybe that's another follow-up. We could do just just, yeah. just check in on Anzada and see how she's doing. Uh, remember, remember old times, you know. Oh, that was nice when we had a, a really cool District 9 uh councilwoman. Uh although I don't know if we can coax her. Like, hey, do you do, do you want to go back and be like, I know before you were like the only adult in the room, but now you're like yeah. one of two or three adults in the room. That's gotta get better. That's that's gotta be better. It would right? be. It, right? I mean, I think yeah, that's actually a really cool hypothetical, like. What if she was on this new council? Because I think it would have been. I mean, there that five four, for instance. Oh, I bet you know what? I bet Beck was one of the one of the four. 
Doom is uh, definitely one of the four. Um, so I guess that wouldn't change the the calculations. Yeah, it's gonna be weird having these two more districts uh, in regards to like the voting calculation. Like it's gonna, yeah, this might change the power balance, or it will change. Let's the power do some balance. more yeah. research on that vote because I want to see who voted for what. Yeah. Because that means there was a Republican that was like, you know what, let's do it. Yeah, good call. Yeah, we should do that too. Uh, after Pen after Pena, we've got Mr. Alan Blaylock, who we have talked about on this podcast before. He was the incumbent or is the incumbent currently for District Four, but he got nudged out because of the new zoning. So now he's not in District Four anymore, but he's in District Ten, and so he's running for District Ten. And he is also a conservative guy who's ran on a platform of lowering property taxes, which he has pushed the council to do in September. Ultimately, the tax rate was lowered, as the article says, but uh, not as far as Mr. Blaylock would have liked. Um, so far, only one running in 10. So I don't know. We should keep an eye on that. Not excited about him. And then in 11, we've got three people running so far. We've got Christopher Johnson, another entrepreneur who previously ran in District 8 uh, and apparently is the vice president of the Poly Heights Neighborhood Association. And he says, I have a passion for the community and I want to work with the other stakeholders in the community to make our neighborhood successful, vibrant, and attractive. Um, I will bet you that he is in real estate. Hmm. I can see that. I can see also that. on Blaylock, like I agree with more funding for public safety, but it's almost it's almost definitely not what the funding needs to go to. Yeah, I mean, when you when you frame it as public safety, then yeah, what 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 that actually translates to is the police. Yeah, um, like the police need a fucking tank is what they need. Yeah, you know, forget all this like you know getting in front of the crime before it happens or cost effective measures because it was about things that actually worked. Um, you would see things things like the Cahoots program nationwide, and you're not seeing that. You want to know why? It's your police officer associations. Yeah. I'm not, well, here, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to start doing research on all these candidates so that maybe by next time we'll have information on all their uh, their donors. Plus, we'll have oh, more information yeah. on who's running in each district, so we'll give you guys an update on that. Yeah. But you'll be we'll be able to tell you you know, how much donor money is going to who. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. That'll be good. That'll definitely be good. I'm going to try and make a little bit of room here on the, now I'm just getting lost in the spreadsheet, man. I just, I don't know about you, man. I, I, I'm glad I don't, I'm glad I didn't know about spreadsheets earlier when I was younger. I feel like I would have wasted way more time in my life messing with spreadsheets. Cause like it just scratches some sort of organizational itch just to get in there. And Listen, just, it just means that there was an adult in your life that loved you enough to be like, you know what? We're not going to put this horror on him yet. We're just going to let him be. It's like, it's so, it's, it's almost more fun than editing video or audio. Like, I enjoy doing those. Those are also very tedious, time consuming, like, way more time consuming than they should be tasks. But man, like, I think I would just rather edit a spreadsheet. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Uh, 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 so, yeah. You, that's you mean you don't like listening to the same, you know, four measure <laughs> measure piece over and over again for like two hours just to get rid of that little bit of drum bleed? Uh, yeah. You don't like that? Oh, uh, I bet Amber. No, who does, I don't. Who doesn't yeah. enjoy that? I feel bad for Amber. I've been editing 
uh, videos, like live videos of bands, you know, kind of lately on and off. How or, is she doing? She is a trooper. She's doing well. She's she's hardcore at the end of her PhD program. This is her last semester of coursework. And then she's got, you know, maybe a year-ish uh, of writing her dissertation. And then um, we have to start calling her doctor? Yeah. Then after that, okay. yeah, she'll yeah. be doctor. Maybe she'll come back on and talk about all that when she's got... She's teaching classes now, too. So she's, like, teaching at Wesleyan. She's teaching at Texas Women's University. Uh, nice. And so, nice. yeah, she's just doing a lot of... That's lot right, of kids. That's right, parents. You, your fears are right. Your kids are going to go to uh, university and actually learn something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So she's... But she's been hearing me edit the same, you know, three-second... I'm, and I'm editing video, so I'm like looking at color, or I'm making sure the zoom is right, or something. But the audio is just like swearing, swearing, you know, just like over and over and over again. It's like I'm sorry. Um, yes, but that's all fun stuff. Not as fun as as spreadsheets, though. We've got two more, two more for you guys. Rick, 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 uh, Rick. Oh, remember Rick, Rick and Morty? Um, yeah. R.I.P. Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick Herring. Spent 30 years volunteering as an advocate for the Riverside neighborhood in East Fort Worth. So we got another neighborhood. Okay, I was confused. I thought I remember reading Chris. I was getting these two guys confused. They're both neighborhood association guys, just different neighborhoods. Christopher's from Poly Heights. Rick is in Riverside. Fort Worth is a great city, but the pressures of our city, but the pressures our city is facing in terms of inflationary house inflationary. Why is my mouth just breaking here at the end of the podcast? So I'm going to start over. Rick Herring says, quote, Fort Worth is a great city, but the pressures our city is facing in terms of inflationary housing prices, a growing population, and the need to provide adequate city services across all our neighborhoods are real issues the city council must deal with. Herring previously served on several Fort Worth boards and commissions, including the city's zoning commission and planning commission. He's currently the president of the Carter Riverside Neighborhood Association. Huh. Oh, why don't you say that at the beginning? First, they're like, oh, he's just a volunteer. And they're like, well, he's actually the president. So, <laughs> it's okay. so, I mean, you know, sounds competent or whatever, I guess. I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about him. But, I mean, inflationary housing prices is a problem. Growing population, I mean, that's... The population growth isn't a problem. It's the city's ability to deal with the population growth that's the problem. You know what we need, Sosa. You know what we need in but District we, 11, We do right? need city services, though. Like, he's right about the city services. Why? What, what, yeah, what we need? yeah. But here's the thing. All these people can agree on the same on what the problem is. The thing is, only half of them are actually honest about it. I don't know if he's honest. I think Rick yeah. Herring might be a red herring. You know what they need? <laughs> they need someone who knows how to take care of someone at a time of crisis, like a... An emergency room nurse. Oh yeah, a small business owner. Oh yeah, you know, someone who's who's ran for office before. You mean like someone like Tara Maldonado Wilson? Exactly, that'd be the perfect person for <laughs> District Eleven. So yeah, that's that is the last one. That's a beautiful segue. Um, yeah, emergency room nurse, right? Like yeah, and so like th yeah, this lady does seem really awesome. She says this is a, ma a majority minority district. Ready for uh, is ready for a leader who understands many of these issues the residents face and will elevate the voices of those marginalized, underserved that have been the most impacted by post-pandemic economic hardship. Yes, that's the language we want us to be seeing. Um, yep. Marginalized, underserved, economic hardship. 
recognizing post-pandemic stuff. She serves as an executive board member for the LGBTQ Saves and Texas Latina List. She's also a fellow of several leadership organizations, including Leadership Fort Worth's 2022 Leading Edge Program. Um, that all sounds fun. I, I, I like that. We need more. And here's the thing. We need more advocates for the LGBTQ community, especially in conservative areas like Fort Worth, because mm-hmm. it's so... It's so easy for them to get swept in the, under the rug or even victimized or villainized, you know? Yeah. And these people don't stop. I've got, I've got experience with some of these people. Like uh, some of these clowns from this fundamentalist Baptist church showed up when uh, Arlington. But what they were trying to do was strong arm the Arlington City Council into canceling pride like the year after they decided it was a thing. And the encouraging thing is most of the gay community in Ar- in Arlington showed up and they were outnumbered like three to one. But that's the same kind of culture that's still very much present in places like Fort Worth. Um, and we need more voices for that. We need more working class people. We have too many lawyers slash real estate owners slash entrepreneurs slash business people. Okay. We've tried yep. that. We've seen this in every city and every state and every, you know, federal seat you know since reagan all right and all that's happened is corporations got richer small businesses started getting taken out you know we don't have monopolies we have oligopolies but you know effectively there's not really really much difference you know what i'm saying absolutely as far as the consumer is concerned yeah you need more people like tara who's been involved in the community for a very long time you know guys we've covered her before she's ran before on two unsuccessful bids and she's not stopping it's the reason she keeps going is because she cares about the community she actually cares about this most of these people are trying to get on the city council so they have something on their resume so they can get into the state office and maybe be president or something okay that's what they're thinking they are thinking about what their community does for them not for what they do for the community tara isn't like that Tara is what you is what I would actually describe as a true public servant. Yeah. And that would be with the more of those that we have representing, you know, our city on the council, making the decisions for, you know, uh, everyone in the city or at least in their district. Like that's, that's what we really need. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. And, and like, it, if I'm, if I'm counting correctly, I think this is the only like, you know, leftist Latina on here of the four or five that we've had on here. Yeah. Um, so that would definitely be, you know, just leftists in general. I think we've only got like two or three. I guess we got Nettles. We got uh, Jared. Uh, Are we counting Willoughby? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I want to know more because like he could be, but he could maybe not be, but I don't know. Yeah. Will it be? I w- just pulled Williams. up our old, the old, the old sheet from when we covered the okay. 2021 elections. Nice. We can give him a call. We have his number. Okay, I'll do that. Let yeah. me see. Okay, call. I'm gonna add. I'm adding things to my list. Um, yeah, and then we got, you know, Allison Kennedy, cashier, socialist, mine worker. Um, and then, and then we got Tara. Guys, vote for Allison. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> I do too, man. I like it. Makes me so excited. I never thought we'd have like just an overt socialist running for mayor, and now I'm like, oh my god, uh, this is amazing. Like if a socialist becomes mayor of Fort Worth, I'm pretty sure Texas will go to war. Like Dude. just immediately, like they're invading the red scare is back. I mean, th- we get 
occasionally we get national coverage. Um, you know, when when Maddie Parker won, we got national coverage because of her age, but also because of her gender. You yeah. know, um, and so you know, th- th- this will be. We, we we get attention. I remember when you know Buffalo almost had a socialist mayor. They had a crazy runoff where the Democratic Party and the Republican Party piled all their money in on the old inc- incumbent mayor who lost the original election, but then came in as a write-in candidate and won the the fucking runoff as like a third party write-in. Uh, yeah, here's the thing: I don't trust the validity of that campaign. There's too much fuckery there. Yeah, there's a, there's people a, don't win write-in campaigns. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's so. I mean, that's that's how hard they mobilized against this socialist candidate. Like, and so like, and that's in Buffalo. Like, and you know, in the North, in the Rust Belt, you at least have union history. You've got labor history that's more activated. Those states typically are more you know friendly to labor than Texas is. Uh, and so to have someone running here in Fort Worth flying that flag, like. But you can only imagine the amount of resistance they're going to get, you know, from from whatever. So, yeah, yeah. like the the advantage we have is they're not worried about her. But what it's, what they're going to do is they're going to pull some fury if it does get that far. I don't think she will. But if it does, um, they're going to do, do the whole runoff thing. Yeah. Well, we'll have our own shenanigans that happen here real quick. Um I just wanted to throw this. I meant to talk about this kind of at the beginning, and I just forgot. And so I just wanted this real quick. I know we're kind of running a little long. Uh, there's this poll that I, I think I posted it, yeah, in the in the Discord that the Texas Tribune did, or it's actually like Lyceum, Texas Lyceum did the poll. Um, but they're saying Texas are pes- Texans are pessimistic about the national economy and losing faith in democracy. Um, did you see this? Uh, no, I'm looking at him now. More than 60% of Texans polled by Texas Lyceum said the country is on the wrong course. And the poll found steep drops in the number of people who think democracy is the best form of government. Yeah. That sounds fascist as fuck. Yeah. Like this is uh, so, I mean, we could talk about, you know, and I'm not going to here, but we, you know, you can always have the conversation. Oh, polls are just polls. Like who actually answers polls? So like, uh, and this is only 1,200 people that did this by phone. But twelve hundred is not a small sample size. That's a decent sample size to no. get to get these percentages. Um, but these percentages, like these, this data, the points are concerning. Sixty-two percent of Texans say that the country is off course. Twenty-eight uh, percent say that they think the, he- the country's headed in the right direction. So I mean, that's yeah. I think we obviously here think the country's off course too. Um, yep. The poll found deep pessimism about the economy. Um, only 15% of respondents said the national economy is better this year, which is like, who are those crazy people? Um, while a majority, 59%, believe it's getting worse, just under half, 46%, said their own family's economic situation has worsened since last year compared to 35. So it was 35 last year, said their situation got worse. Now it's 46, which that's, you know, just economically in general, that's just a bad indicator if more people are, are, are barely making ends meet. It's like 12% more Texans. That's a lot. Um, meanwhile, 21% Texans, Texas said, uh, said Texas's economy is doing better than the rest of the country. 21% of people think that or feel that. I mean, that's how would you know, unless you're traveling around the country, unless you're going place to place, like how would you know if Texas is actually doing better than the rest of the country, unless you're just believing what the governor tells you. Um, but yeah, the, the erosion in democracy though. So that was like the, with 68% of Texans 
agreeing that democracy is the best form of government. A drop in 14% from 2019. So that's 68, meaning 32% of people don't think democracy is the best or most appealing form of government. So like, what, what authoritarianism? Like, is that, so, is that like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so that's a third of a third of Texans what, are pro authoritarianism when, when democracy and capitalism fails, right? What do, what do the capitalists usually do? They don't, they don't go with socialism. What happens if the capitalists started at the fascism? Yeah. I mean, just start, start bearing down the hammer. I mean, you get this belief that like, oh, the people, the rabble shouldn't be able to vote. They don't know what's good for them. You need this. This, these elites, this cadre of elites to make decisions for everybody. They have been gaslighting conservatives since Reagan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then when Obama got into the office, it only accelerated like the hokey ass shit that people think. And here's what I love. When all these all these like conspiracy theories don't end up being true, the, the way the human mind works, they don't stop listening to these people. Yeah. They actually start listening to them more because now they've both in, they've mm. both gone through a loss together, right? Mm. So it makes them even more uh, vulnerable to these things. So they're giving them subliminal messages. They're taking advantage of economic woes because you know capitalism, everything always flows to the top, right? Well, we're getting to that in, that late stage where we have more income inequality than they did in the French Revolution, right? Mm. And they're mm. using that to their advantage because what they're trying to do is get rid of democracy because they realize that people have an honest choice and they're actually informed and they actually show up. Yeah. Um, so they're cracking their influence starts to go away, you know? Yeah. They weren't, they weren't talking about voter fraud because there's an actual, you know, election interference or voter fraud, which is funny when the Americans are talking about election interference because we are, uh, the Kings of that. Yeah. Um, and it's no contest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they're, they're saying that because voters are participating. People showed up and they freaked the fuck out. They started realizing, oh, you know, because, you know, if you remember in 2020, People weren't showing up on election day. They had more time for early yeah. voting, yeah. more time for mail-in voting, you know, because of the pandemic, they made voting more available and they were like, shit. Yeah. They were actually showing up. They're not apathetic anymore. And that that was bad news for both Democrats and Republicans because they'd enjoyed for the past century the fruits of the labors of Democrats back back in the you know late 1800s, early 1900s, and Republicans in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Who didn't necessarily want everyone showing up? Yep. They were enjoying their yep. voter suppression. They're enjoying the little yep. game they had, the little color changing horse they have going on. They were enjoying that. So when people shows up, show up, that spells problems for them. Yep. So they don't want that. They don't want that stuff. So I mean, yeah, they're it's... going to try to gaslight as many people as they can into thinking democracy is a bad idea. It's just so weird because like. I mean, I guess it's not that weird, but like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm teaching my students about FDR right now. And like one of the reasons that he wanted to do the new deal and why he wanted 
to provide a social safety net for Americans was like, A, obviously to help Americans out of the Great Depression. Like, duh, that's a big part of it. Um, but B, because he wanted to still sell the idea of democracy, like in the 30s during our Depression era is like when fascism has taken a hold of Italy, when it was becoming very popular in many, many parts of Europe, when Hitler, you know, right around the time Hitler starts seizing power, his, I think I believe it's 32 or 33 when, when Hitler seizes power. Um, and so, you know, fascism and then authoritarian communism under Stalin had been around since 26. Uh, so these ideas, it's, it's seeming like, you know, more authoritarian, different economic systems could be the way forward, especially if like you look at Russia and they did industrialize incredibly fast. Like, yes, at the cost of millions and millions of lives and starvation. Like, yes, that was bad. Um, but if you're just looking at the economic gains of it, it's like, oh, wow, they actually are doing a ton of stuff that they said they were going to do. Uh, like, oh, look at Germany militarizing again. Look how quickly they militarized. You no, know, if you're just looking at like that, the the numbers of like machines or whatever, like then, yeah, like that there there may be something to that or there. And so FDR is like, no, like we America is a democracy and like we, you know, we need people to be a democracy. So we have to get our shit together <laughs> so we can sell the idea of democracy because we're not doing so hot as a country in the 1930s. And so it's like, look, if we're going to sell this idea, we got to actually help people. And so it's just it's just weird how we've come full circle again. And people are, you know, Texans in large numbers are going, I don't know about democracy anymore. I don't know if that's actually going to work. Like, so we stopped at that number at the 68 percent saying that they're pro-democracy, only 68 percent. However, if you look at just independence, which is a smaller number of people, but if you look at political independence, the poll found that among independents, their uh, view of, of, of democracy as the best form of government plummeted from 89% in 2019 to 45% today. A 44-point drop, almost half of what it was, of, of half of independents who, you know, two, three years ago were like, yeah, democracy for sure, are now like, uh, I don't know. Um, that's not a good sign that's not a good trend that should be very concerning for everybody because as soon as like you're just describing thomas like as soon as people start d doubting and thinking well maybe this isn't the way we do we should be going about doing this and that's when we stop that's when our system breaks like when you stop believing that it's going to work then it doesn't work it's kind of like the economy it's weird yeah um, your, your first clue should have been the people who are calling the uh the antifa people fascist it's like why are you mad at antifa <laughs> What? Yeah. what you like nazis yeah 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 and that's uh that seems so long ago now you know we've come so far since what was that 20 17 yeah, yeah 16 17 when when uh the I'm, I'm what city was i'm totally blanking on it now where the where the girl got ran over oh god uh, uh ferguson it was charlottesville was I think so. I think it was Charlottesville. So many crazy things have happened. Like we can't even keep track. Yeah. Yeah. It was like around that time. And like now, yeah, we've come, we've come even way even further, but yeah. So I guess before we wrap it up, just one, one or two more things from this, from this poll. Um, but, 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 but national unity, doo -ba -doo -ba -doo. according to the poll, Texans say the top three issues facing the state are border security, inflation, and immigration. 
while they consider the economy the biggest issue nationally, uh, those were the three statewide issues. And so like, this is something that I think we briefly said, like maybe on our last podcast or one of the last ones last year, uh, the Democratic Party in Texas did not listen to the polling in regards to what Texans care about. Uh, and they said last year, and it doesn't look like it's changed, that they cared about immigration, border security, and the economy or inflation. Um, and like the, de- the Democrats who are running for a lot of offices in Texas didn't speak to those issues. Um, and that's like, that's how you're going to lose. If you, we can bitch and moan about people should care about other things. <laughs> like, but that's not what they don't like the, the poll, you know, left and right, Democrat and Republicans in Texas. This is the things that they care about the border, immigration, and the economy. Um, so, like, we gotta gotta have an answer for that. Gotta actually say something about that, or in regards to that, if we want to do something. And like, we can frame. You can talk about the border in in healthy ways that are like speaking to the issue in a way that like, hey, I see and hear you in regards to this being a problem, but I have a different solution to deal with it than my opponent over here who wants to just build walls or just lock everybody up, start internment camps, you know, whatever, right? You can, you can say, yeah, these are real problems and we should address them, but we can address them in humane ways. There's, uh, you know, systemics, other systems in place, like the private prison system, for instance, that we could get rid of that would make this a much more humane process, for instance. Um, so, I mean, like, it's, I think Democrats are just scared to talk about those things because they feel like those are issues that are like non-leftist issues or like non-liberal, I guess liberal would be the better term, issues. Um, but it, that's where the people also, are at, though. You, you got to remember, like, this is America. Everyone like everyone thinks it's left and right. And, they, you know, I have to give it to, you know, the American media for convincing people that, you know, this country isn't completely right wing. You know, <laughs> I have to give them credit because they make it seem like they're the most diametrically opposed thing. And when you look at these issues on a, on a political campus, the difference is millimeters inches you know they they're almost the same person like the only reason this person isn't as far right as the other person is because there's someone already in that spot you know what i'm saying yep Yep. and so like these democrats are capitalists too yeah they're conservatives too half the time they don't believe and republicans do this too but they don't even believe in what they say you know they're saying it for the social credit because they know it's not going to pass you know, like the whole oh yeah, people coming out coming out for like, you know, student debt relief. They know damn well Biden wasn't going to support that, so they're going to make it look like they tried, so they get the credit for the effort. Yeah, you know. Yep. And then, but without they, actually think, having to think of it through. like their own little participation trophy. Yep. But they're not actually going to do anything. Okay. This is why, yeah, these are both, regardless of what we think, left, this, right, they're both status quo parties. Yeah, yeah. and they're, th- th- look at it another way. They're the same age group. They're the same class. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, they can come up here and be like, oh, the rich are terrible all they want, but they're not going to give up their mansion. And, like, one thing, I, I totally 100% agree with you, but I do also want to point in and bring the distinction of, like, when we talk about Democrats in this way, we're really talking about the federal, the national, 
the Congress, the senators and congressmen down in D.C. Um, yeah. And down in Austin, too. We've de- we certainly got some House, Texas House and Texas Senate that are like, you know, liberal corporate Democrats. Um, but at the at the county level and at the city level, I guess we can't do city because they're technically nonpartisan. But at the county level, speaking for the Tarrant County Democratic Party, um, not so. Like I would say at, at that local granular level, it really is the community and the people that you're working with on the ground that make up the ideology that backs that volunteer. Because it's all volunteer. It's like, I don't know, five people that actually get paid or get paychecks from the party. Like it's mostly yeah. volunteer work. <clears throat> and so it really just comes down to who are your people, your volunteers on the ground, who are, or, who are your organizers, how dedicated and committed are they, and how good at they are communicating and activating people. Uh, and like that, that varies from place to place widely. But if you've got some good people, like I think that we do here in our Tarrant County Democratic Party, um, we could, you know, push things in a certain, you know, less capitalist direction and actually have the means of doing so. Insofar as we're, you know, there is a, there's a limit to that because if we start pushing against the, the, the national party, um, then, you know, then they'll start pulling up, pulling strings or making you know hitting us in the pocketbook in certain ways to where we can't do the things we want to do so there certainly is a limit to that however i think there's a lot more wiggle room at the local granular level for a local party to kind of be more of an advocate of the worker of the people rather than of be it be you know an agent of capital in that sense um so i just do want to make that distinction because i don't as someone who is working at the party i don't want it to make it sound like it's a it's a totally futile effort or that I am in any way in cahoots with these things that we're talking about because I certainly am not right, but I am a member of the party. So it's like, you know, just kind of want to talk about it like that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a lot. Uh, So if you're still with us, listener, thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for listening to this podcast and sticking with us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Mike Letario, if you're listening, I want to shout out to you and thank you for your, your assistance that you've been helping out, uh, with us. And I look forward to, to speaking with you and kind of collaborating on that further. I know Thomas does too. Once, once we all can get together and talk. Um, yeah. so yes. So yes, uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. We'll talk more about local goings on. We'll try to have some more info and more research for these candidates for you. Um, if you yourself are a candidate or if you know somebody, maybe you got a friend or a family member who is, um, and you, you know, we would love to talk to a lot of these people. We're not going to have, because as we are a volunteer organization too, have all the time in the world to reach out to everybody. Um, so if you hear this and you're like, I want to be on here, I'm going to talk about my platform or whatever, like reach out to us and we will totally make that. Um, yeah. I don't know, Thomas, anything else you want to, you want to share or say with us before we bounce out of here? No, I think we're good. I think we hit all the points today. (laughs) Yay, awesome. (laughs) Well, uh, all the love. Love and solidarity to you, Thomas, and love and solidarity to you listening. Yep. Have a great week.